0: If you need a new roof or a repair, Easton Roofing will take care of you. Estimates are always free and suggestions are built on integrity. Visit EastonRoofing.com for more information. Get back to business faster with Easton Roofing. Easton Roofing, integrity matters. The Zone is presented by Guaranteed Foods, delivering all-natural food to Midwestern families since 1958. Enjoy healthier food, more free time, free delivery, and better value. Go to GuaranteedFoods.com. Alright, we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you. Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels. We are hanging out at Rally House in the Northland. It is located at Barry Woods Crossing, uh, right off Roan Ridge in, uh, KC Mo. It is, uh, right off Barry Road in, uh, I-29. The south side of Barry Road is the location. A, uh, humongous, humongous rally house. The biggest rally house I have, uh, I've ever seen. Uh, so big that, There is a massive amount of gear for so many different teams. Like, you go to Rally House, you know you're going to get Chiefs and Royals and Sporting and Current. You're going to get some local flavor, some barbecue, some some, boulevards, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, The Hart KC shirts, you'll get those at Rally House as well. Um, And all of the different knickknacks and the uh, 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 memorabilia stuff and, um, you know, you get coasters and, and anything you want there. But... They have a huge selection of, like, different colleges, too. Like, I think it's the biggest Missouri selection that you'll see outside of Columbia. Yeah. Uh, Humongous KU and K-State selection as well. Northwest Missouri State has their own section. Missouri Western does as well, and UCM and, and Missouri State. I guess they were being cool to them too. Um, but like, even Oklahoma has a small section. Nebraska has their own section. Iowa, also Arkansas. Arkansas. I mean, whatever. Sorry, um, that's 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 fine. Whatever. Um, but like, there are all these different schools have their own. So if you're in town and you're, I don't know, an Iowa fan. Um, right here you can go and get some Iowa gear if you're a Northwest Missouri State fan or UCM or or Missouri Western it's hard to find that gear outside of those towns quite frankly it is someone who graduated from Northwest Missouri State it's hard to find gear come here and there's a lot of it there's a huge selection and for kids for babies, they've got the, uh, the the shot glasses and drinks and for babies, <laughs> for babies, <laughs> mainly. It's a sippy cup. That's a shot glass. Uh, it's a binky which you dip into some bourbon. I saw it's a one, bourbon binky.
1: One Cincinnati Bengals hat. I don't even know how that got in here.
0: I mean, there was a little Cardinals section. There was. It was a There was. There's a very
1: small Cardinals section, which s- I'm willing to say isn't that, that positive because Why? some because some people have bad taste, and oh, those okay. people deserve merch, too. Even people with bad taste deserve to find their team at Rally House. Is that right? And that's true for Bengals Cardinals fans right now. I disagree. <laughs> um, <laughs> totally
0: disagree. Uh, but uh, you can go Oh, everything.
1: hey, the uh, NFL is going to have a game in Madrid, Spain in 2025. It sounds like uh, Travis Kelsey's phone call worked. Adam Jeff just tweeted that out just now.
0: So is that going to be
1: the Chiefs? Uh, I don't know. I do not know. It's just uh, just that that is happening now that they've announced uh, that they will uh, have a game in Spain.
0: So is it every day? We'll ask Matt Derrick. Matt Derrick is with us. Chiefs Digest and forty one is the mic. Matt, is it an everyday thing where the NFL each day of Super Bowl week is announcing a new country that they are going to be hosting an NFL
2: game in? <laughs> It seems like it. I mean, I guess we're at the end of the week, so, uh, you know, don't want really announce anything on a Saturday, but what other countries could they go to? Well,
0: Brazil was like uh, two days ago, mm-hmm. right? That's um,
1: that opening Friday. Oh, yeah, so Brazil,
0: uh, and then you've got uh, Spain today. Um, was there another one along the way that that was announced?
1: I don't think there's another one. Antarctica, maybe? I think that's in 2027. I think they're going to go play on the last polar ice cap. Okay, <laughs>
2: 29 is you on the moon. Then,
1: yeah. Underwater.
2: You know, for, for growing the game, you know where the, the the one place to go actually would make a ton of sense to me, and would and would just absolutely blow people's mind. Nigeria.
1: Yeah, well, that's Nigeria. that's been a source of a lot of the international player pathway stuff, right?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's like the third largest po- you know population in the world. Uh,
1: you know, there's
2: oh, they're trying to build a football presence there. But, you know, talking to, like, Prince Tegolinogo and Chu Godric. I thought you were like, actually going to say
0: a prince of Nigeria. Like, I, I really <laughs> thought you were going to. I mean, I've, I've, I'm clueless and ignorant when it comes to whatever the uh, oligarchy might be or government uh, structure there, but I, I really thought you were going to say that you had a conversation with, like,
1: oh, a prince.
0: Prince, he John,
2: did. prince No, I, John I did not I did, not. I did not. I did not. I'm not involved in an internet scam of any sort, but if you do want to send me a million dollars here that's in, that's in Vegas, Jason, I will. I will <laughs> gladly, you know, convert that into uh, cash for you. That, that'd be awesome. I'll. Do, I just what need to send you
0: my social security uh, number. That's pretty much it. And bank account, and you'll just go ahead and uh, directly uh,
2: uh, deposit yeah, that'd, that. That'd, that'd be great if you could do that for me. That'd be fantastic. Uh, also, Done. you might even just, just tell great. me uh, what street you lived on as, as a child.
0: Oh yeah, that's not a big deal at all. That's that's really done. I mean, I can't believe I'm going to be a millionaire by the end of this show. This is so cool. What are the I got chosen. My email got chosen. My email out of all the emails in the world got chosen. What a great gift it is. Oh, God! Serious, is
2: good. It's an, it's an incredible market, and you know, and there's so much talent in Nigeria that you know, obviously, you know, but all these kids are growing up playing soccer and basketball. And then the NFL is trying to, you know, teach them and convince them to play football and give football a change. So, obviously, hey, there's a lot of, you know, Nigerian players, not just in the NFL, but at the college level here in the United States. I mean, I think it would make a ton of sense.
0: Do you think there are Nigerian uh, people in the population that look at it and go, man, can you imagine if our Nigerian stud soccer players played football? What this football team would look like. You know what, come flag football in the Olympics? Then you're going to start, to, boy, if that guy were growing up playing football, they'd be so much better than they could compete with the United States in football. Uh, you think they do that in other countries, the way that we do that with soccer?
2: It's a good question. I, you know, I, I don't know if they're there yet. I mean, I bet they probably oh, yeah. haven't said that for a long time in basketball. In basketball, but. yeah. That's four universe. We just took World this board. seven
0: foot five player out of goal
2: and uh, put him down underneath
0: the goal. That would be great. Uh, we should start doing that more often to help us with basketball. What do we do with exactly. the seven foot five center? <laughs> you know what? Kick them headers. The set pieces from the corner. That's what we need to do. Uh, Matt Derrick is our guest. Chief Digest 41 is the Mike podcast. Um, you, you enjoyed the NFL honors last night? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, it it was a show, Jason. It was a show. I'll, I'll I'll give it that. It was a show. Is there a word before the show you were thinking? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess I should just have grown to expect that uh, the the NFL honors will be a hit and miss proposition. So
0: yeah. So I am Matt i Sargis. I'm with you on the um, the comeback player of the year. I, I was. I mean, I was really surprised. One that it went to Joe Flacco. I was also pretty surprised at how many people that were like, yeah, it totally makes sense. It should definitely be Joe Flacco that uh, cuz look what he did with the Browns um and and what he was doing from being, you know, bad at football to them playing football. It, it was kind of a surprise that as many people were like, yeah, this they got it right with Joe Flacco cuz I'm like, I mean, again, Demar Hamlin died. <laughs> and came back and played football.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've i have I've exhausted more time than I should have in the last uh, 12 hours. That's uh, discussing this topic, and I, I guess people now think no longer think I'm a decent person because, you know, I, I think, you know, well, if you're valuing, you know, the the, the effort of DeMar Hamlin and what it took, and that's the thing that I just think that people just may not get, is understanding how hard it had to have been for him to get back into football. I mean, he's still not in football shape. He'll admit that. He's still coming back. And so, hey, maybe maybe he'll win it next year because if he comes back and deal you know, plays again and has a great year. But I wouldn't blame me if he never played football again. I mean, I wouldn't blame him if he said, "Hey, you know what? I've done my best. I came back. I played again when nobody thought maybe I would." I'm just amazed in you know in really just 13 months essentially that it was gone from everybody who was just scared to death and worried about the guy. It was saying, "Hey, if he gets back on the field, it going be amazing." You know, it doesn't matter how well he plays, just if he gets on the field again. And the same was said about Alex Smith. It's, and I, I got a lot of people saying that, hey, it's not it's not whether you get back on the field or your, how much adversity you overcome, it's how well you play. Well, Alex Smith, let's face it, was terrible compared to Brandon Roethlisberger in 2022, coming back from an ACL, not coming back from sucking so bad that you couldn't play for the Jets anymore. But, <laughs> but I, here's, the, here's the other part, secret part of it, too, is that I was already cooking – um, Josh, I think Josh, got me, I think Josh already got me cooking because uh, the fact that Kevin Stefanski has two Coach of the Year awards oh. for, I mean, I guess, I mean, hey, if you want to give, give a guy an award for improving a team that stunk and he got there and made them better, fantastic, great, congratulations. If you're going to give a guy an award for rebounding a team that stunk last year that was his. I think you kind of, gotta kind of, probably kind of kind of rejigger things a little bit. I mean, how is what Kevin Stefanski does more impressive than what Andy Reid does? To the point where Andy Reid doesn't even get votes. I mean, that, that, this, yeah, I that, that to me really is the biggest surprise. To me.
0: Yeah, it, the biggest surprise to me is not necessarily like Stefanski overcoming the injuries as quarterback. Um, you know, getting somebody who's clearly terrible off the couch. Um, and turning him into the greatest quarterback I think we've ever seen, whose last four games ended up with uh, nine touchdowns and eight interceptions. Uh, Clearly playing just phenomenal, completing 60% of his passes uh, with nine touchdowns and eight interceptions. Um, So clearly comeback player of the the year, because who could possibly do that uh, in the NFL, uh, getting that team to the play? Like, I I understand more Kevin Stefanski, the fact that he has two, um, uh, understandable. Uh, My my beef would be, like, how is Andy Reid not even receiving a vote? Like, you get a first, second, and third place vote. Like, there are 12, 12, 12, 12, 12 coaches received at least a point for Coach of the Year. Twelve of them. None of them named Andy Reid. Not one voter could put them third for what they overcame this year. Uh, and it's like, well, they overcame their own building of the uh, team. They overcame the fact that, uh, you know, that, uh, that that they didn't have any weapons. They overcame the the offensive struggles. That's what they overcame to be able to do that. Yeah, yeah. And what did Sean McDermott overcome? Himself and firing his Whoa. own coaches that he hired. Like I mean, and, and his nine eleven speech. He had to overcome that too. Like they're over a lot of these coaches overcame some of their own doing. Like, not even a vote? Like I know he's not gonna win coach of the year. It's not gonna happen. But I mean Somebody out there could have thought he finished in the top three of, of coaches this year because he's widely regarded as the best coach in the NFL. And right now, he is without a doubt the best coach who is working currently with a job in the NFL.
2: I think we need to take these two awards and completely change them. I don't think they need to exist anymore in their current form. Take the, take the Comeback Player of the Year award and turn it into the Adversity Award and make sure that in the specifications for it that there's no mention to performance. It's just who has overcome the biggest adversity to play football this year. And then you take the coach of the year, which is not for the coach of the year. I mean, I don't even know what coach of the year is, but have a comeback coach of the year. That's what you need because that's what Kevin Stefanski was. Is that Kevin Stefanski was, ke- was, 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 was comeback coach of the year? Because on any metric, are you going to tell me that Kevin Stefanski was a better coach this year in any way whatsoever than Andy Reid? You're never going to convince me of that. And then you get the people who will say, oh, but Matt and Jason, it's not who goes to the coaches the best because then Bill Belichick would win every year. Look, whomever, if you're going to have something called coach of the year and you're not giving it to the best coach, what the freak are we
1: doing here?
0: (laughs) Uh, Obviously, it's not the uh, coach of the year.
1: Hey, Matt, Antonio Gates isn't a Hall of Famer. What the bleep?
2: (sighs) Wind me up and watch me go. I, I mean, I'm going to – I need a hot chocolate before I can even get into the Pro Football <laughs> Hall of Fame voting. I know. Well, you but, know what? As, I mean, uh, to wrap,
0: go ahead. Go ahead with your Antonio Gates I was going
2: to say, I mean, there's, there is some, you know, connectivity, connective tissue in the, in the fault of these two programs in that, you know, uh, even though the, the Pro Football Hall of Fame has tried to increase the improvement of its voting panel – uh, there's still, it's still just like the AP voting. It's a select group of, of weird choices of people who have votes. And, uh, you know, I don't think that you get anything close to what the players would choose. I mean, I, I, and I'm starting to think that maybe for both of these things, maybe we just need to turn it over to the players. Cause I think they do a heck of a better job than, than, than the media would on, on some of these things. And not even so, the media, because I think, if you, I think if you broadened it to a larger group of media, I think you'd get different results, but I think that those two groups in particular, between the Hall of Fame voters and the AP voters, it is such a weird selection of people that you're going to get weird results.
0: So to, uh, to put a bow on the uh, Coach of the Year as um, you know, one of my favorite stats I'll throw out there any time we talk Coach of the Year and, and what it's become, which is just uh, we didn't think you were going to be that good, and you were good, so you must have done the best coaching job this year, is that um, Coach K Backer. got ACC Coach of the Year in 2000, uh, and he coached 22 more years, and in those 22 years, uh, Seth Greenberg uh, had two ACC Coach of the Year awards and Coach K zero. So Seth Greenberg ended from 2000 to Currently, <laughs> two more Coach of the Years than Coach K, and half of that time he was on the set at ESPN. <laughs> <laughs> winning that so it's unbelievable. So there you go. Um, there, there's your there's your Coach of the Year uh, conversation. Um, so we're doing some a uh, little bit of uh, complaining. Um, you know, from from the NFL Honors. Uh, how big of a deal do you think it is, if at all? Is it just um, Fodder for media and talking heads and gas bags the week of the Super Bowl with the um, the Chiefs hold soggy grass and fire alarms being set off by the 49ers
2: I mean, am I am I just being a conspiracy theorist when my first thought when I saw that story was that Kyle Shanahan set off the fire alarm just as a motivating <laughs> oh, thing for a team? That's fantastic.
0: You know, I uh, my conspiracy I mean, I'll, theory I'll a I'll years ago. When, no, that's great. Mike, I, I love where you're going with that. My conspiracy theory a couple of years ago when it was an unnamed defensive coordinator uh, or defensive play caller that said Patrick Mahomes is a one-read guy, that I said that was Steve Spagnuolo. Exactly. <laughs> <That Spackle. was,
2: laughs>
0: it was Spags that did that. That's a great point. Maybe it was Shanahan because it really pissed him off. Nick Bosa's mad. McCaffrey's mad. You know what they're going to do? They're going to take that lack of sleep and go win on Sunday.
2: Yeah, and it's not like it happened on Saturday night or something. I mean, <laughs> exactly. you know, and – and I mean, I, I, actually, my my second thought was after that, and I said, "Oh, not it's not a conspiracy theory." Of course, my my second thought was, "Okay, well, then who was uh, vaping and?" and- Smoking some, um, some some Nevada weed when they weren't supposed to.
0: <laughs> also, a fire alarm was set off in a hotel. It's not coincidental. Yeah, because it's Vegas. <laughs> it's, that's why it's not coincidental. <laughs> All right. Um, I don't know. They're, they're, somebody should go set off a fire alarm in uh, in the Chiefs' hotel. They should spray down the uh, the field there at the practice facilities for the Raiders, just so they can be on even ground. You know, and quite literally when it comes to the sod. But you know.
2: I mean, I can't say that it's completely secure because there's plenty of hotel workers who are in there, and there maybe there is a you know a random Chiefs fan who would be willing to to risk his job or his or her job and willing to go to jail for setting up a fire alarm in a hotel where I'm sure there are tons of cameras, um, you know, to to do that. It, it, but there's nobody sneaking in because the NFL has a perimeter around this place yes. that you wouldn't believe. I mean. The where they they were dropping us off on the street outside, that to then walk into the hotel. We had, had uh, for the Chiefs they had they had to the, the, some local reporters here, and we were one part of the hotel and had already gone through security. Instead of having us, you know, walk what 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 was according to Sam McDowell's GPS was a thirty second walk. From the building in which we, room in which we were in, in order in order to go over to where the press conferences were, um, we had a they directed us to a ten minute walk where we had to go back outside, go to up to the sidewalk on the street. Now I'm not talking about a city street here. This is a you know a suburban. I mean, it's Lake Las Vegas is you know I mean basically like putting this thing in the you know middle of Leewood and you know some of the ritzy neighborhoods and everything like this. I mean it's just. You know, you're, I mean, you're on the street, I and mean, it's not like like, it's like blocks or anything like this. It's like you're off the street. Had to walk back out the security perimeter to the sidewalk, walk down the street, and then walk back in and go through security again. How does it take the 30-second walk that it would have taken us to get over to the, the media area? Amazing. Just absolutely. I mean, when we
0: were in, um, I think it might have been Miami, uh, Team Hotel. I don't know if they're still doing it, but in Miami. Um, you know, you could, you could get in, uh, to like the lobby area, uh, you had to show like credentials or whatever, but like to get near the elevator, you had to show a key and like an ID or like a special like thing that was like, you were actually staying at that hotel. Like, so, like, just randomly somebody's going to go up to one of the floors and pull a fire alarm because it's the 49ers Hotel. Like, you're getting back some, uh, getting around a, a decent level of security there. Uh, anyway, we digress uh, on this whole thing. How is the the week for you? You covered it, uh, so many super posts. <laughs> More <laughs> of them now um and and i felt like you know this week and and you know i forget what the week was like last year you know leading up to it and i was on radio row so i wasn't at all the press conferences like i've been able to listen to all the press conferences here this week and the same thing you know in um in tampa that week and the same thing in miami but you've covered so many of these do you find a a, a different s- sort of um uh, feeling a, a different sort of mindset for the Chiefs this week at the podium. Uh, like maybe a little more locked in, maybe a little more sort of uh, direct and in, in focus and things like that while we're talking about some of the ancillary things going on with the 49ers. Um, it, am, I, am I wrong in my assessment of that and just forget what happened last year and them uh, driven to get another Super Bowl and get back there? This week feels like an incredibly focused Chiefs team on the, yeah, it's cool, the Super Bowl, but we're not getting caught up in, in uh, uh, the pomp and circumstance and all the hoopla. We know what we're doing here. We've been there, done that. This is our in our route that we're taking,
2: yeah, I don't, I don't know if I sense a huge difference. To be honest, I mean, I feel like that last year was they were pretty focused too, and I mean, if and maybe and oddly enough, I mean, I think that I might say and agree with the sense that this team looks and feels more confident than maybe a year ago. I mean, I think, and, and I, maybe. That's and what maybe it is, I, yeah. Maybe I'm taking some of my own feelings and projecting it on it, and thoughts and everything. So maybe it's just my perception of it and the reality. But I mean, last year it certainly felt to me like that there was a lot more, and maybe because the questions were you know directed that way too, but there was a lot more talk about just how good the Eagles were and how tough of a you know a, a battle this was going to be and everything. And, you know, and, and so the players ended up talking a lot about that. So maybe I think there was more focus on that. It, certainly there's been some questions about, hey, how are you going to defend George Kittle and how are you going to, you know, work against that 49ers defense? And there's been those kind of things, but I don't know. It's just, it, it seems like one that yes, that this group is just right now playing with such confidence and has such confidence that I don't know if there's as much worry as I sensed last year or at least, you know, fear in this team that they're just, confident in what they can do and confident in their game plan that they're going to be okay, that they can win this game. And and just, you know, overall experience, that it, it just gets easier, you know, going back to back years, I think absolutely makes it easier. Um, you know, even for the new guys, I mean, you know, it, it's still, you can tell, I mean, some of them were like, hey, yeah, this is either really, really cool or this is like really over the top or this is not, this is better than I thought or worse than I thought. I mean, you get a lot of that different answers and everything, but, I also think it's just maybe the tone of the question, because obviously everybody gets asked about Travis so and, and Taylor, so that picks up a lot of oxygen, and maybe because Brock Purdy isn't Jalen Hurts, there's not as many questions about the 49ers and the quarterbacks and just the, the two teams and all, because it does seem like a, a lot more of the questions are directed into other areas than maybe they were a year ago.
0: Visiting with Matt Derrick, Chiefs Digest, and 41 is the Mike Podcast. We are hanging out at uh, Rally House in Matt Derrick's neck of the woods, Barry Woods Crossing, uh, just south of Barry Road off I-29. Our location today until 2 o'clock. They've got you ready to get geared up with the latest Chiefs styles and latest uh, Chiefs championship apparel, Super Bowl apparel, and even uh, they've got this uh, these these tables that are set up in one of the walkways of Super Bowl 57 gear that's been marked down. That's a Super Bowl they won. <laughs> Super Bowl 57 gear from last year marked down uh, because, you know, they're in Super Bowl 58 now uh, this year. So that's what's going on at Rally House, our location, the biggest Rally House I think I've ever uh, been to, never seen. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We will get into the matchup, the keys, what Matt Derrick thinks about uh, the 49ers team, this Chiefs team, the confidence maybe that they will be playing with. That comes up next year on Sports Radio 810 WHB. I we continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you, Josh Briscoe, Dylan Michaels. We are hanging out at Rally House, Berrywood's Crossing location, just south of Perry Road, just east of uh, I-29, uh, right over by the uh, AMC Theaters, the Berrywood's Crossing location. Uh, we are hanging out here talking with Matt Derrick, who uh, we are very close to Matt Derrick's house. He is not. He is in Vegas right now, and we talk with him about the sights and sounds of what's going on there. He is presented by Cap One Lending, the freedom loan at Cap One Lending, the exclusive loan that helps you pay your home off in less than half the time, gives you access to your home's equity without having to refinance. Go to CapOneLending.com. I want to play this clip again for you, Matt. Uh, this came from uh, Travis Kelsey's uh, media session yesterday. And I played this in the first hour because I thought this was really fascinating. On um, you know maybe it 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 influenced and shaded my thoughts of their focus this week as opposed to to last year. But again, that's also with the pref, uh, preface that I didn't really remember what last year's conversation was. Uh, but anyway, here's Travis Kelsey. Uh, yesterday he was asked about how practices just a, a, a just a generic benign question, right? Just hey, how are practices going this week? But here's the answer. And it's a lot of fun, a lot of energy at practices. Everybody's focused and,
1: and dialed in at, on their job at hand. And um, I'm not even going to lie, things got a little chippy. I'm not going to say between who, but uh, the offense and defensive lines are, are, are trying to get their work in. They're trying to make sure everybody's ready for the game. And, I mean, it just got me fired up yesterday, seeing, seeing everybody locked in and wanting to get their work in, you know, making sure that everybody's
0: ready for the, for the task at hand on Sunday. And um, I just love the focus and the energy of the team right now. What do you make of that, Matt? Is, uh, does that get you sort of, uh, excited and pumped the way that it did for me when I heard that, that, uh, even in practice on a Wednesday Super Bowl week, the offensive and defensive line are getting chippy, uh, and sort of uh, frustrated and, uh, so locked in and focused that, hey, you know, this is what we're trying to do. This is what you're trying to do that, uh, that's sort of the, the level of intensity right now heading into the Super Bowl.
2: Yeah. The funny thing is, is that, um, after that, I was at a table talking with, uh, Joe Colon, uh defensive line coach, obviously assistant offensive line coach Corey Mate, and uh, the, the head of statistical analysis uh, Mike Frazier. And uh, at, at first, I was talking to Mike and Corey, and I, I asked them the question. I said, "Yeah, Trevor says things are getting chippy out there," and they were like, "Yeah, it's it's getting a little bit." And you know, and, and mentioned that, and Corey just mentioned, "Hey, you know what? You know, when you're just hitting each other for two weeks, that's going to happen." And, and then when Joe came over, I asked him about what Travis said, and uh, he just had a smile at the corner of his lips. You know, I'm like, you like that, don't you? He's like, yeah. I mean, you no, know, he, he's like, yeah. This is that's when you know that your your team is fired up and they're ready and, and they're playing with the energy that they need.
0: And also, should uh, pass along and point out that um, my uh, text message that I sent to Sharon Moore from Joe Cullen's phone. That said, uh, I am no longer interested in the job as defensive coordinator in Michigan. Uh, Clearly was received by Sharon Moore, and uh, (laughs) it worked, everybody. He thought it was really him because uh, Wink Martindale has been hired by the Michigan Wolverines as their defensive coordinator, uh, which means that if Joe Cullen does not get hired by Seattle, which, by the way, I'm not sure why he would want to go to Seattle When Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator from the Ravens, is the head coach and has already said he's calling the plays, and the assistant head coach is uh, Leslie Frazier, also a defensive mind, would you want to go there to be the, I'm using air quotes here, in the most gracious way possible, defensive coordinator of that team or wait another year and maybe something opens up to where you're actually the defensive coordinator? I'm not sure, but what do you make of um, Washington hiring a D.C.? Now Michigan hires a defensive coordinator, so two of the three jobs that Joe Cullen was connected to have now been filled.
2: Yeah, if, I mean, for, for those of you who, who want Joe Cullen to remain in Kansas City, it's good news. Yes, um, me. I mean, hey, I, and don't get me wrong, I mean, I'd, I'd want him to stay too because he's staying good at what he does. Uh, you know, but, you know, hey, for Joe, I mean, he, he wants to move up the ladder. He wants to be a defensive coordinator. Yeah. I certainly get the sense that he wants to be a defensive coordinator in the NFL. Not saying he wouldn't, mm-hmm. you know, consider a, the right college job, but I think that's where he's looking. But you remember, too, I mean, it's more money. I mean, so, but I also yes. think that the Chiefs might be willing to help out there. So mm-hmm. I'd imagine, you know, Joe, Joe should be in the line for a raise in the offseason, maybe even get a bump in title. That's um, what I would expect because I, I think they want to, they would love to be able to keep that staff together. But I can say from, you know, talking to people in the organization over the last few days and everything, I mean, they feel like all all those guys the, on the defensive side, Colin, uh, Brendan Daly at linebackers, Dave Merritt at and the secondary are all future NFL, you know, defensive coordinators that they're ready. And so it's like Merritt pretty made it pretty clear. I think he wants to stay a little bit longer in KC until his kids are out of high school. Um, but hey, Colin, I mean, he's he's ready. I mean, so I wouldn't surprise me. I don't, I don't know. Maybe your point, right? Maybe it's a good point about Seattle not being a great fit for him as far as, you know, the people who are already there. But hey, being a, being a defensive coordinator, it's a pretty good job. And you can also get paid a lot of money.
0: Visiting with Matt Derrick, and, and this offseason as well. I mean, you're talking about, um, you know, and, and we'll get to that eventually, but Mike Dana, Derek Noddy, Chris Jones, Turk Wharton, um, all free agents, you might be turning over your defensive line by a pretty decent amount. And Charles Aminu, who's going to be starting on the PUP list. Um, so if there's an offseason where you don't want to lose Joe Cullen, <laughs> it might be specifically yeah. this one. Um, so uh, so yeah, there's an importance uh, there. Um, as we talk about the actual game, uh, what's going on on Sunday, uh, what are you looking at? We'll get your prediction in the third segment, but or you can give it now, it doesn't matter. Um, but uh, what are you looking at as to if you find something that's maybe uh, a positive in the Chiefs' favor? And we'll get to something that may concern you, but uh, of this matchup, uh, what, uh, what excites you? What's, your, what's, a, what's a positive that you look at that works in the Chiefs' favor in the matchup?
2: I mean, I hate to be reading too much into the, the, the pre-week activities and everything because it can you know, obviously sometimes give you a, the wrong indication, but I honestly feel like that these two teams are in different headspaces this week. I mean, the Chiefs absolutely, like we were talking about in the last segment, are locked in. I mean, their focus is just laser. And and even with – I mean, if you want to call the the Travis and Taylor questions distractions, even with that, they just seem to be deflecting them and handling them all pretty well. There's been no controversies this week. I mean, I guess the best one you could muster up would be, you know, Kadarius Tony, you know, being kind of wishy-washy on what his comments on Instagram really meant and everything. But I mean, otherwise, I mean, there's nothing around this team. And then, you know, from what I keep seeing from 49ers' availabilities – it just seems like that there's a lot of defensiveness and a lot of, you know, kind of unease that comes across. and a little, you know, too much bravado, and it comes across as a little false to me. Uh, so, I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it certainly seems like that the, – the the and maybe the right Niners need that. I mean, maybe they need to feel like they've got something to prove, too. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, the Chiefs are – I don't think that they feel like that they should be underdogs and I don't feel like that they they feel like that they should be the villain. But I think they're doing a really good job of convincing themselves that they are the underdogs and that everybody is against them. And therefore, it's kind of them against the world.
0: What about the Chiefs' uh, run defense? I've seen a couple of, uh, you know, the the, the 49ers picks. It's Christian McCaffrey, the offensive line, especially the left side of the offensive line for the 49ers, and the Chiefs' run defense, and the Chiefs' run defense versus outside zone, how effective the 49ers are running the football in outside zone. Uh, Is that a concern for you, or is that so much of a focus for this Chiefs team uh, that it's something that Steve Spagnuolo will be able to game plan for when you've got a couple of weeks to prepare?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that is my number one defensive concern because, you know, in order to execute Steve Spagnuolo's game plan, what do you got to do? I mean, it's all about getting teams in the third and long. That means that you've got to win on first and second down. And if you're winning on first and second down, it's because you're stopping Christian McCaffrey. Uh, and talking to Colin yesterday, you know, he really stressed that, yes, I mean, it's not only about getting the push in the middle and maintaining the gap integrity, but you know, you've got to set the edge as well against the run on the outside, but you know, he's, he's looking at it, too, is throwing Debo Samuel in there. And, you know, the defensive line especially, they've got to be prepared for both. I mean, they have got to make it so that, you know, that Samuel can't get outside, that if they do run inside with him, that they're, they're, they've got their gaps. Same thing with McCaffrey. I mean, they've got, to, they've got to be prepared for both those guys getting the football in the backfield. And that's, that's where you have to win. I mean, because I think that if this team can put the 49ers consistently in third and five-plus, Uh, they're going to just pin their ears back and go after Brock Purdy, and I think that's going to go well for them most of the time. But you can only do that if you get those wins on first and second Mm -hmm. down. So uh, that's what I think is pretty much the biggest key for the Chiefs, because I I have confidence that they can get get pressure on Purdy. The question is going to be, can they hold that run game intact?
0: And I think, you know, as much as we talk about how good Christian McCaffrey is and the left side of the 49ers offensive line, the right side is not good. And, you know, it's like, you know, well, well yeah, Trent Williams and, and what they can do, like, uh, great, running to the left. Awesome. Well, here's the thing. If you just want to sp- uh, string it out and get to the outside, well, guess who the best tackling secondary is in the NFL in cornerbacks? It's the Chiefs. LeJaria Snead, Trent McDuffie, Jalen Watson, Joshua Williams. Those are just the cornerbacks.
1: I think we lost Jason there, Matt. Uh, I'll see if he comes back here in a second, but we might throw it to a break.
2: (laughs) I was afraid you lost me.
1: No, no, no. We got you here, buddy. (laughs) All right, we'll throw it to a break, Matt. All right. We'll be
2: right back here.